0: No me gusta repetir todas cosas en una misa bilingüe, entonces un parte en inglés, un parte en español, y uh, la homilia, posiblemente alguna mezcla, ¿ok? When I came in today, well, first of all, as you heard last weekend, I had uh, cataract surgery, I had the second eye today, and I have to say I'm seeing too clearly, it's almost freaky. Um, um, I don't want to get into great detail, but when I went to shave today, I could see, like, the pores of my skin, like, the pores. And it's like, really? Is eyesight supposed to be this good? And then when I came up here to the altar, I was approaching and I see smoke coming up from here. I said, oh my God, one of the pumpkins is on fire. What is this? And then I discovered two sticks of incense here and um, that's what's going on with my eyes right now. It's unbelievable. But I am grateful. I'm so grateful. I don't have my glasses and and I hope that I, as I suggested before, that it's a metaphor, not just to see more clearly here, but more clearly with the eyes of the heart. Because that's what I think Thanksgiving Day is about. It's about um, seeing with the heart. It's about seeing with the heart in a way that gratitude just bubbles up inside of us, and we, we experience gratitude. Um, now, you might think that we do this automatically, or. But look at what we do with children. How many times grandma comes over to the house and, and she brings a little gift for your little child, three or four years old, and the kid just takes it and runs away. Come back here. Say thank you to grandma. That's what the nuns did in school. I was writing in my Facebook page today for the parish and I said, Sister Graciela says, Father Willie comes in and gives a blessing to the class and then... Um, and then he says, well, well, I'll see you. Have a good Thanksgiving Day. And then Sister Graciela says, boys and girls, say thank you to Father Willie. And then all together they say, thank you, Father Willie. But, but they have to be told. It's gratitude. I, I think it's automatic in that we feel some joy. But to elevate it so that we actually see it as blessing and grace. And then we, we find ourselves needing to say thank you. That's where the real blessing comes. That's where we, we recognize it as gift. That's where we see that we are better because that we have received it. So today, all the readings about blessing, but the gospel, the more very familiar one, we heard it about a month ago, too. Or, um, you, say this, you see the scene. There's ten lepers, and, and there's hidden things in this word that you have to, you have to understand what's going on because it, um, it, it doesn't detail it for us. But the first detail is to appreciate how lepers lived. In the days of Jesus, and really up until about what 100 years ago or so, maybe a little less, when people had leprosy, the skin started to rot away. I mean, the parts of the nose fall off the ears. It was just a rotting disease. I don't think that, for the most part, leprosy killed you, but, but uh, and maybe it comes to that point, but it, it, your body just rots away. And it was so contagious that the moment somebody showed signs of leprous skin, they had to leave their family, leave their community, and live on the outside of town. So you either became someone who lived totally alone, or you entered into a little colony of lepers. And that was the case today. There's 10 lepers. Now, another interesting thing is nine of them were Jews, apparently. It suggests that. And only one was a Samaritan. And Samaritans and Jews didn't get along. But when you're a leper, you learn to get along with anybody, okay? because you don't want to be alone. So here was this Samaritan with the nine lepers. And as they hear Jesus coming along at a distance, they begin to cry out, Lord, have mercy on us. And he stops, typical Jesus. He never turned down a request for healing or for any kind of help or for mercy or love. And so he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, this is another detail that's not um, explained. But if a leper were cleansed, miraculously cleansed, the only way that they were welcomed back into the community was that they went to the priest, and the priest had to declare them clean. If you think priests have power now, you see what they had in those days. The priest had to say, ye are cleansed, and then the community would accept them back. But it doesn't say that Jesus healed them. It says that he said, go show yourselves to the priest, which would imply that he had already healed them. But the story says they were healed along the way. So he sent them away while they were still leprous. And they didn't question it. They didn't say, Lord, but look at us. We're not clean. They went and did what Jesus said. And then along the way, suddenly, uh, they're cleansed. But... This is the detail that struck me this year like I've never been struck by it. It says the Samaritan realized it. Does that mean that the other nine didn't notice? Or that they noticed it and they went immediately to joy? They were so happy that they were going to be returned. They were now anticipating that the priests were going to declare them cleansed. But they didn't go to that place where they went up a step and realized how blessed they were, realized how much God had given to them in this healing moments. So I asked myself, is that possible that that's our problem sometimes in life? We get blessings and, and we're happy, we're joy-filled, but we don't connect it with a blessing from God and see it as grace. Because once we do that, We have been doubly blessed. And Jesus states that. He says, you know, um, yes, you were healed, but you also experienced faith. And you came to a place of faith where you recognized another blessing. This day, they say, is the the most celebrated day in our country because it doesn't... uh, find itself rooted necessarily directly in God. Uh, Our founders were not Christians. They were not Christians. They were deists. And, And so when people say that this is a Christian country, it just isn't. It isn't a Christian country. There are a lot of Christians in it and a lot of very different Christians. Catholic is one, but there's evangelicals and there's Baptists and Methodists and Episcopalians and you name it. But not everybody is Christian. But everybody somehow comes to a very special spirit of gratitude on Thanksgiving Day. I don't know if they always know why, and the only ones who I think maybe do not feel gratitude would be maybe some of our indigenous people who lost their lands and were driven away and and died as they were pushed away from from where they had lived their whole lives. But on this day, We all experience gratitude. Would that, would that we would every single day, that we would begin our day with gratitude. Thank you, God, I I woke up. I'm alive. Thank you, God, at the end of the day, uh, for another full day. Just uh, yesterday, I went to a house to... Uh, hear a confession and give communion and and, uh, anoint someone. Um, If I heard it right, it was in Spanish, and if I heard it right, he's been in that bed for 10 years. For 10 years. And what struck me was his gratitude, the thankfulness that I came to give him communion and bless him. He just was, wow. And and the clarity with which he spoke of gratitude. And I left saying, oh my God, if I were in a bed for one year, I'd, I'd, I'd want it all to be over. But 10 years lying in a bed in one room, that's it? You know, um, I like the quote that I read about a year ago from Helen Keller. I, didn't realize until this year that it was from Helen Keller. And she said, I cried because I had no shoes until I saw a man who had no feet. And if that's the case, then we ought to be able to find gratitude in anything. I remember um, I, when I was in South Central Los Angeles, I used to travel on Slauson an awful lot, and my favorite store or my favorite, my favorite building In all of Slauson was a liquor store, not for what you think. I never even went into the store. But on the side of the building, in big, big writing, it said something like this, and I wished, I think at the time, I didn't have a camera on my phone or anything like that, so I couldn't take a picture, but I wished I had because I would have loved to have kept these words, you know, just seared into my brain and and be able to visit them often but it said something like this, I thank you, God, for all that I have. I thank you, God, for all that I have lost. And I thank you, God, for all that I will receive. I have to say it was the most thankful building I've ever met. This building just was imbued with a deep, deep gratitude. And and those words... how many times people passed by it and were called into thankfulness, called into thankfulness. That's what I think this day is about. And not just this mass, of course, but the whole day. That's why this food is up here, just another sign of our gratitude. Another way of receiving blessing, a blessing that we'll give at the end, but to bring this blessing back to the house and set it on the table and then combine it with all the other food and all of the celebration and all of the drink and, and all of the enjoyments just to lift up, like this leper did, a spirit of thanks, gratitude to God. And so Jesus said to him, go on your way. Your faith has saved you. And that's why we come here. And just an aside, we say it often, but it's true. The Eucharist, is a celebration of thanks. The word Eucharistine in Greek is thankfulness. So that the reason that we gather at every single liturgy is to give thanks, to celebrate thanks. But if we, a Eucharistic people, don't lift it to that level of seeing everything as gift from God, that even in our sin, even in our sin, grace is present how many times it's the the very sin that's been the worst sin of our life that changes us the most. Although it's not a sin for someone to be alcoholic, it's a disease, but an alcoholic who changes their life will tell you, I thank God for my alcoholism because that has changed my life and I'm better because of it. Oh, I suffered. Oh, I was in the gutter. Oh, I was a mess. But this brought me back to my higher power, to my God. Thank God that we don't have to end up in a gutter to be grateful. But what if for everything in our life, the good and the bad, the high and the low, the in and the out, everything, we could say, thank you, God. It could be worse. And I thank you, God, that it isn't. And it will become better, I believe. And I thank you, God, for that. No quiero repetir todo excepto decir que un espíritu de gratitud yo creo es un don de Dios. Es un don de Dios porque mucha gente recibe bastante en la vida y no aprecian. Cuando estuve en mi primer parroquia en San Marino, muy rico, muy rico. Yo encontré personas que tenían bastante dinero y nunca, nunca tenía una, parece, de, de gratitud y alegría. Uh, eh, eh, no puedo juzgar a nadie, pero en todas mis parroquias yo observé, y posiblemente estaba en mi mente, pero observé cuando la gente vinieron a la comunión, siempre tenía caras como eso, la mayoría. Amén. Y yo pensé, ay, cuántas cosas tienen. Cuánto dinero. ¿Y dónde está su alegría? ¿Dónde está su gozo? Tiene bastante. Pero su cara es... Amen. Y otra vez, no puedo juzgar. Y no sé qué estaban pasando adentro, pero por andar súper fácil, sí, en el um, Yo observé eso. Entonces, uh, por todo mi sacerdocio, por 46 años, yo sentí uh, con mucha alegría la razón que celebramos la Eucaristía, porque la palabra significa gracias, gratitud. Y yo creo cuando podemos ver, sentir, celebrar todo que tenemos como dones de Dios, gracia, bendición, Podemos apreciar el significado de este día. Es un día de dar gracias.